Today, banks are expected to be open and secure. That's why IBM has designed the first financial services-ready public cloud that gives you the best of both worlds. So banking can be easier for banks. Visit ibm.com slash financial cloud to learn more. IBM, let's put smart to work. Here's what you missed on Buck Sexton with America Now. The most interesting part of all of it uh, was, well, involved Anthony Weiner. Who, who would have thought? Anthony Weiner once again comes up as an issue in all of this. Uh, so he, here's what happened. And, and I have to tell you, this is, I, I used to have a clearance. I worked for the CIA and I am uh, no longer there and I've been out long enough now that, you know, fortunately it's, you know, I don't, I don't remember much, if any of the stuff that would have been, uh, all would have been sensitive. You know, I've, I, I've, I've had some time to, to, to move on into other things in my life, which is great. Um, but I can tell you uh, that the defense of Hillary Clinton on all this stuff is just amazing to me. Uh, they, you know, that they have offered up this explanation of her actions and her top aides' actions as somehow just all innocuous and not a big deal. I am sympathetic as anyone who is honest, I think, at least, and, and fair-minded about these matters uh, should be, and, and usually is, I'm sympathetic to accidents happen. Accidents with classified, do, and I know some of you are like, oh, fuck, I can... No, I, I, within reason, minor things, uh, is something even really classified or not that, that is written or that is said. There is a gray area. That's all, that, that can be true. Um, but hundreds of times, it is not true. Meaning, hundreds of times, it is negligence. And as we know, in the Espionage Act statute, gross negligence is all that is required for there to be criminal culpability. Uh, so they create this other standard. Uh, and this is not new, by the way. None of this is new, but to hear it reiterated for us once again uh, is... It, it was just... It was a wow moment for me. I have to be honest with you. This is what we're being told. And, and then to be told that Huma Abedin was forwarding on um what was forwarding on her classified or forwarding on classified information to Anthony Weiner who has no clearance and no need to know and no uh, justification for seeing this legal justification for having access to or seeing this information whatsoever that Huma Abedin is forwarding on well I mean, here here's what Comey said let's hear it you agree with me that Anthony Weiner of 2016 should not have access to classified information. Uh, yes, that's a fair statement. Yeah, that's a fair statement. So here's what, here's what ABC News uh, wrote on this one. Um, and it is, I, I don't know how else we, okay, here it is. The emails Comey was referring to it as October 28th notification he sent to Congress were found on former New York Representative Anthony Weiner's laptop. Former, Clint, uh, former Clinton State Department aide Huma Abedin's estranged husband. Comey revealed today that Abedin appeared to have a regular practice of forwarding classified emails to Wiener. According to Comey, Abedin would send them to Wiener so he could print them out as a matter of convenience, and then she could deliver them to Clinton. Comey said the FBI completed the investigation to Abedin and couldn't prove there was any criminal intent. We didn't have any indication she had a sense of what she was doing was in violation of the law, Comey said. 
Like I was telling you, I'm sympathetic to an honest mistake or I'm I'm sympathetic to the gray areas because those of you who have worked with classified know that's a real thing. It exists. Uh, both mis- honest, uh, you know, good faith errors as well as the gray area of, you know, I mean, I can tell you the government thinks some things are classified that are just not classified. Like no sane, normal, rational person would be like, oh, yeah, that's classified information. But the government will say it's classified. The government does wildly overclassify information, too, as a, as a regular occurrence and also uh you know you, you'll have times when the government will have somebody from the government speaking about an issue who who has access and who has classified access but if they're se- they're very senior but then if somebody else speaks about it they'll be like oh no you can't do that or you know well but it's already been talked about like by the president or by somebody else can can I talk oh no it's still classified well, wait what they don't they're trying to deal with information control in a digital era and it's it's very hard and they're also trying to deal with information control in a free society and that's very hard um but there's got to be an objective or a, a straightforward standard on this stuff by the way there was nothing worthwhile to hear about the russia investigations today that was billed as going to be a big deal and there was not he's basically like yeah we're you know we'll let you know there's nothing on that so we can just um i may maybe give you a little more than that in a second but the Huma stuff was much more interesting to me because you have to, for there to be no criminal intent, you'd have to believe that, look, if it was once or twice, there was an email that had a low level of classified information that slipped into it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying, you know, that's something that you would be, uh, you'd be disciplined for, but you're, you're not going to be spending a long time in prison for it. That's just, that's again, re- reality. But how many times did this happen? And we're really to believe it. She has, she has no. She's not reading these emails. And why she's? I mean, she's sending them to Anthony Weiner. They're they're for Hillary Clinton. She never stopped to think that maybe something was seeping into these emails that shouldn't have been. You know, this is Secretary of State. This isn't some low level person. Here's what really frustrates me about all of this. A lot of things do. I should, but here here's one part of this that I just can't get past right now. Um, the Hillary defense, which is also now the Huma defense. The FBI is going to give the benefit of the doubt to uh, an individual on, nas- on, the na- on national security uh, breaches, on, on a breach of national security, because they didn't intentionally want to do this or it, it wasn't, there wasn't criminal intent. There wasn't mens rea, criminal state of mind. That's, a, that's actually, a, a, absent the gross negligence aspect of this, which I think when you've got hundreds of emails or over 100 emails that are classified, whatever the number is, uh, then then I think you're at gross negligence. But a criminal uh, state of mind standard, meaning that you knew what you're doing is wrong, you did it anyway, and and there was a harm or, or the possibility of real harm from it, um, that's, that's reasonable for me. But they won't give that to other people. This is a Hillary-specific, a Hillary and her aides-specific defense. And when we see such a high profile case like this for reasons of obvious politics, not being treated the way other cases like this would be treated. And there would be no, remember, there was no penalty, no sanctions of any kind against Hillary for this activity, for this action. It's not even like she took some plea, you know, some plea deal and is on probation for a year or something. Nothing, nothing. Didn't have to face justice at all. And was able to be, she was able to run for president of the United States while she was under investigation for what could have been felony violation. I mean, they were felony violations. They just didn't prosecute them because it's like she didn't know or she didn't mean to. 
And then we get to the, well, once maybe, but a hundred times? If a hundred times isn't gross negligence, what is gross negligence? And I just, I just think about my, uh, you know, former colleagues in the intelligence community and, and members, uh, members of the military that have access to classified, that have clearances, and the psychological burden that that really is, that you have to always be so mindful of everything all the time and you have to be protecting that information. And, and, I, and I understand that that is the responsibility that you, you sign up for, but it's also... Uh, creates its own anxieties and its fears. And we all know that we won't get the Hillary, we won't get the Hillary treatment, right? You're, you're not going to send a hundred classified emails or have a hundred classified emails on your server or, you know, in your email account at home. And it results in nothing. Uh, maybe you throw yourself on the mercy of the court and, you know, you, you don't go to prison for a very long time, but we all know that's not going to be nothing when you have such a high profile case and, it seems like there are two justice systems in place, one for the powerful and another one for the rest of us. It undermines the it undermines the integrity of the entire uh, criminal justice system, which is what's happened here. And it shows us that the Clintons, once again, are above the law. And I, I know this isn't new, but me, meaning that these arguments aren't new. We know we've known this about Hillary. We know about the meeting uh, that occurred and. Uh, now, though, we see that, you know, Huma was a part of this and she's sending emails to Anthony Weiner. He's printing them out. I mean, they just didn't care. They thought they they thought they were above the law. And the very unfortunate conclusion that anybody would come to here is that I guess they were because they broke the law repeatedly, certainly in a negligent fashion. I also think, by the way, they just they knew and didn't care and they figured they were above it, which I mean, there was criminal intent. They were violently and didn't, didn't care. There's no confusion. There's no, oh, maybe is this classified? Is this not classified? I don't believe that happened all the times that this occurred with them, right? Like I said, if it could happen once, I mean, I could sit here with you and, you know, we could talk about, you look at uh, some of the, the cases in the past and how the government treats people. They don't give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, you make make a small mistake on this and all of a sudden you're, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Um, Comey also went off on the Lynch meeting, which I thought was interesting. I want to play, this is a little long, so I'll play some of it for you and then I'll cut it off. But th- this was worth, this was worth hearing. Um, what I'm trying to do is say it, it looks like you were trying to provide as much transparency and as much real-time information as you had. Yeah. Uh, and this then goes on, to why on Comey November the 6th, the FBI Congress, apparently yeah. moved heaven and earth and got about something the done right before the in a matter of days that they thought was going to take beyond the election. But you were in that pressure cooker. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to glue together, I think, the decision for your actions uh, on July the 5th. And how I think there's parallels between that and what you ultimately did on uh, October the 28th and then November the 6th. And I'll yep. yield back the remaining of my time for the answer. And I, I, I've lived my whole life caring about the credibility and the integrity of the criminal justice process, that the American people believe it to be and that it be, in fact, fair, independent and honest. And so what I struggled with in the spring of last year was how do we credibly complete the investigation of Hillary Clinton's emails if we conclude there's no case there? The normal way to do it would be to have the Department of Justice announce it. And I struggled as we got closer to the end of it. He announced it. A number of things had gone on, some of which I can't talk about yet, that made me worry that the department leadership could not credibly complete the investigation and decline prosecution without grievous damage. 
to the American people's confidence in the, in the justice system. And then the capper was, and I'm not picking on the, the Attorney General, Loretta Lynch, who I like very much, but her meeting with President Clinton on that airplane was the capper for me. And I then said, you know what, the department cannot by itself credibly end this. The best chance we have as a justice system is if I do something I never imagined before, step away from them and tell the American people, look, here's what the FBI did, here's what we found, here's what we think. And that that offered us the best chance of the American people believing in the system that it was done in a credible way. That was a hard call for me to make, to call the Attorney General that morning and say, I'm about to do a press conference and I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say. And I said to her, I hope someday you'll understand why I think I have to do this. But look, I wasn't loving this. I knew this would be disastrous for me personally, but I thought this is the best way to protect these institutions that we care so much about. And having done that, and then having testified repeatedly under oath, we're done, this was done in a credible way, there's no there there, that when the Anthony Weiner thing landed on me on October 27th, and there was a huge, this is what people forget, new step to be taken, we may be finding the golden missing emails that would change this case. If I were not to speak about that, it would be a disastrous, catastrophic concealment. It was an incredibly painful choice, but actually not all that hard between very bad and catastrophic. So you're saying, I look, we, we couldn't cover Congress up for her. We couldn't cover up the situation. Step. And uh, beyond that, um, <laughs> uh, Loretta Lynch completely tainted the DOJ's ability to, which we all knew beforehand, right? So it was largely, uh, most of the stuff today, other than the Huma sending Anthony Weiner emails to print out for her that had classified information on them, and and somehow there's no, no one's punished. Isn't it amazing? Everybody had a lack of criminal intent here. N nobody was punished. They, they, well, I mean, Anthony Weiner, you know, he may, but not about classified emails, um, depending on how those investigations go. But, Nothing. There was. This is a fascinating thing, isn't it? You look at all of the violations that occurred here of handling of classified information repeatedly, flagrantly, consistently, and there was no. It's not that there wasn't a stern enough punishment or enough people weren't. There was nothing. Everybody, there was nothing. While we have to hear about Trump and Russia and how Russia gave him the election, and you know, depending on the day, Comey gave Trump the election, Russia gave Trump the election, Russia and Trump gave. And Russia and uh, Comey gave Trump the election or, you know, Trump is a fascist just because it, it doesn't matter. Right. They just change the explanation all the time. But the real story here and the real scandal is that Hillary Clinton was able to get away with all of this w without any consequences of any kind whatsoever. Forget about Russia intervening in our election and causing problems for us. Our own Department of Justice seemed like it was tainted here by doing nothing. The, the amazing part of it is that people believe that Comey cost Hillary the election when in reality, Comey kept Hillary from being indicted. Which is a bigger deal. Like us on Facebook. Just search Buck Sexton. Today, banks are expected to be more open, but they're also expected to be more secure. How do you do both? IBM has designed the first financial services ready public cloud that gives you the best of both worlds. It's a platform that will help you handle regulatory compliance, protect data privacy, and speed up innovation. So banking can be easier for banks. Visit ibm.com slash financial cloud to learn more. IBM, let's put smart to work.